0: The title of the Lord put on my heart today is the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd, and as we begin, I want to say what a blessing it is that He has orchestrated this service. You'll see when we get into the message that it's all going to fit together, and I say that trusting the Lord because I I don't have any notes, any plan. I have one scripture that has just been on my heart, I've been meditating on. And I don't say this to help you know how good I am at improv speaking, but to say I don't know exactly where the Lord's going to take the message, and that's fine with me. Because I feel such a sense of His peace, and that He is the Good Shepherd. So let's dwell on that truth today. This probably won't be maybe a novel message, but it will be truth that... We need reminding of, or the Lord wouldn't have given it to me. John chapter 10, verse 11 is where our text is from. John chapter 10, verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Let me pray, and then we'll read some more of the chapter. Lord Jesus, Lord, you are our Lord. You are the Savior. You are the one, the Good Shepherd, the Almighty, the Prince of Peace, our friend on whom we can depend. Lord, you're the one that intercedes for us so that we can approach your throne boldly. And I just pray this morning that whatever you want to come out of this effort will come, that your Holy Spirit will lead not only me, but all of us, that your uh, name will be lifted up, but that also that our hearts will be strengthened for more service for you and grounded in your truth and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. As we're going through this message, I'm just curious. Have any of you ever been sheep farmers? Nobody in here. Okay, me neither. I've raised goats. I didn't do a very good job of it. They all ended up at an Indian restaurant in Nashville. That part was good. The other part was I lost some of them because I didn't know what I was doing. And it it still bothers me because it was... I'm not some kind of... um, Well, it it was one of God's creatures that I lost because I didn't know how to take care of them. That bothered me. That's my only exposure. I've never raised sheep. So I'm not talking to you as a sheep expert. I'm talking to you as a preacher with a message on my heart, okay? (laughs) Let's read in John chapter 10, the beginning of the chapter. Jesus is speaking... And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out, and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. And then after all of that, he says, our text, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep." But he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hiring fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep." And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, I have the power to take it again. This commandment I have received of my Father." And I want to go down and read verse 25 through 29 as well. Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not the works that I do in my father's name. They bear witness of me, but you believe not because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones to stone him. Jesus is speaking what we take as comforting truth. They took it as divisive uh, false doctrine because they were wrong. There's a lot of things we see in this passage, and I won't get to all of them, but a few things that uh, are on my heart as we look at it. First of all, if you want to get to the sheepfold, which is a um, parable for heaven, there's only one way in. And let's make that clear. Maybe we don't say that enough. Even popular preachers these days who seem to be very sincere and powerful, they seem to be, even them when they're pressed, they'll say, well, there's many ways to heaven, or well, we don't want to... We don't want to box God in. No, Jesus, the Son of God, taught by his Father's authority and power that He's the only way in. You may say, Well, we know that. We don't need you need to hear it because it's the most foundational truth of the gospel. Jesus is the door. And anybody trying to get into eternal rest and peace without Jesus isn't going to make it. Why am I emphasizing that, other than it's just on my heart? Because if we realize that, we'll be more sincere about talking to people about what the Lord can do. I eat at a lot of international restaurants, so I have friends who are Muslim and Hindu. And I don't always talk to them about the Lord, and maybe I should more than I do. Because they're trusting in something that can't save them. And I'm not saying that to criticize or be mean, but it's real. Jesus is the only door. There is no other way in. And then he goes on and says, not only am I the only door, but I I am the door. You don't just go through the door I designated, but I'm the door itself. You have to come through me and by me. And anybody who's been saved by the grace of God, even if you can't explain it with English language words, you know that what you received was through him, by him, and for him. You know that deep in your spirit. That he saved you not because of yourself, but because of himself, and not for yourself, but for himself. You know that. You feel it. That God has given us something that we can never have accomplished or gained on our own. He goes on and says, I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. He shall go in and out and find pasture. So he's not just talking about heaven someday. He's talking about the natural life on this earth. You can go in and out. What is the sheepfold for? It's for safety at night. Protect you from the, the wild animals and the predators. Anytime you need to. Listen, it doesn't have to be nighttime. You can go into the sheepfold of Jesus and get rest and protection. We forget that. I forget that. We try to create it on our own. And we'll, we'll talk about that more later in the message, I think. You can go in and out. Listen, you can go to your daily activities. You can go to your job. You can go to take care of your grandkids. You can go to the grocery store, the gas, whatever you have to do. Come in and out. Be safe. Find pasture. You know why? Because when you go out of the sheepfold, you're out there doing what you need to do. You're 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 eating. You're 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 making a living. You're whatever you have to do. The shepherd's watching. He's ready to protect you. See, we don't need to just camp out in the sheepfold. That's not living. He says you can come and go and find pasture. And I want to tell you all, listen brothers and sisters, whatever comes in the future, whatever pandemics or scandemics or, or world disasters or anything that comes, you can trust God. I'm not saying you might not die. Because all of you someday are going to die. But nothing can happen to you unless He allows it. He says, The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Abundant life is what Jesus... Listen, camping out in the sheepfold all the time is not abundant life. You know what that is? It's false safety that leads to disease and depression. You can't stay in... That's for later. You come in, you get your rest. I don't know if this is the sheepfold, but we could think of it like that. We come here, we come together, we, 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 we rub off on each other, we get encouraged, we get strengthened, we get empowered, we go back out in the pasture. We're not supposed to live here. Abundant life. Then he says, this is the verse that's been just dwelling with me all week. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He differentiates. There's a difference in a hired hand and a shepherd. And he doesn't just say, I am the shepherd. He says, I'm the good shepherd. He doesn't say, I'm a good shepherd. He says, I'm the good shepherd. He's the only one. It's a definite article. He's not one of many good shepherds. He's the only good shepherd. Because nobody is inherently good except God. And Jesus is God. Do you understand? This is impo- This is teaching a, a truth that He has done something for us. You can hug me later. You want one now? Come here. I love you. Do you want to preach with me? Yeah, okay. Go see Mama. Go see Mama. Thank you. Jesus has done for us something that nobody else could do. Something that nobody else, I think, would do. He's the only one. The good shepherd. Gives his life for his sheep. Part of why he's good is because he's willing to lay down his life. He says, I have the power, later in that passage, I have the power to lay it down, the power to take it up again. I don't know if we think, sometimes we think about the sacrifice of Jesus, what he did. I don't know if we often think about he did it of his own accord. We think about what evil men did to him. But I'm not sure if we always realize it was all voluntary. Every moment of his suffering was voluntarily subjected himself to. Why? Because it pleased his father. That's he explained there. I lay down my life, that pleases my Father. This is how we please our Father too, brothers and sisters. We're not called to death on a cross, but Jesus says to take up your own cross and follow me. You want to please your Father in heaven? Lay down your life. Lay down your selfish ambition. Lay down your your, your greed. Lay down your criticism, your bitterness that you can't let go. Let go of all that stuff. Lay it down. Lay down your, your desire and need to be right. You need to win an argument. You need to 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 get the upper hand, lay it all down. That'll please the Father in heaven. I want to turn over. We could spend more time there, but I want to look at Psalm 23. This is a psalm written by a shepherd about the good shepherd. I thought about this morning, uh, I was trying to fill after, Lord, how do you want me to prepare? And I thought about, maybe I'll look up, Information on sheep since none of us are sheep farmers and I'll bring you some statistics and some details about sheep and how they live and what shepherds I didn't feel that and usually I prepare and, and I know exactly what I need to say and this morning I felt just a quietness from the Lord that I need to just not worry about it and I went outside and played with my little girl That's that's how I prepared and he showed me you want to know what the good shepherd's like let's hear what A shepherd said, so listen to this. Psalm 23, I I bet most of you have this memorized, and if you don't, you should. It's, It's worth it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's take that and just dwell on it a moment. What does it mean if you say the Lord is your shepherd and you actually mean it? It means first of all you recognize that you're a sheep. And let's dwell on that for a moment. I realize that God has called us all as we are to serve him with different personalities, different strengths and weaknesses. Here's some of you are are by temperament very laid back and gentle and kind like like a like a little golden retriever or something. Some of you are a lot more aggressive like a like a bulldog or a bull or something like that. Some of you are very, maybe shrewd or wily, like maybe like a cat. Whatever animal you used to be, when God saved you, He made you a sheep. And He might be able to use some of those tendencies that were in your flesh, some of the aggressive or gentle or whatever tendencies, but He made you a sheep. And if we understand this first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, we're saying, I realize I'm a sheep. How smart is a sheep compared to a human? They're not even smart compared to other animals. I've heard people tell stories who raised sheep, who who were shepherds, that if their guard dog, their, their herd protector's gone, the shepherd's not nearby, they'll back in a corner... And a wolf can pick them off one by one. Just keep killing. They don't run away. They don't fight to get. They just huddle up in a corner and die. Say, well, that's not very smart. God didn't make sheep to be predators or aggressive. You know why? He made them to walk around and eat grass. They don't need to know what they need to do because all they have to do is follow the shepherd. Do you know... I feel like if, if I could latch on to this, like if I could really get this truth in my spirit, it's not my job to figure out what I should do. All I need to do is follow the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The shepherd. I mean, David learned about God in the field with sheep. A lion, and remember what he told King Saul when he was going to go kill Goliath? A lion and a bear came. I killed them through God's power and this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like them. He learned all that as a shepherd. And recognizing the authority and the dominion and the wisdom that he had over the sheep. He knows what pasture they need to go to. He knows when a storm is coming. He needs to get them out of the mountains down into a valley so they'll be safe. He knows when it's going to rain and he needs to get them to some shelter. He knows everything they need and all they do is walk around bumping into each other by, by, by eating grass. You okay being a sheep when I put it that way? Some of us, it's hard. We'd rather be a lion or a bulldog or something like that. We're all sheep. And some of us, the problems we have in our life, the emotional and and, and stress and things like that, are because that old animal we used to be is battling with the sheep that God made us to be. I'm not saying you need to be a pushover, not stand for things that matter. There's a place for boldness. David, who wrote this and understood what it was not only to be a shepherd, but a sheep of the good shepherd, was one of the boldest men that we read about. But he understood he was a sheep. And he recognized, he said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, we, that word today, we would say, I I won't lack anything. There's nothing I'll need. The good shepherd guides, leads, directs, provides for, and protects his sheep in such a way that they don't need anything. David said that because he experienced it. And then he goes on and explains how the Lord provides. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. How many of people in our culture bought into the American idea of retirement. And I'm not saying being retired is wrong. I hope to be someday. But this idea that you're going to sacrifice everything in your life for 50 years so you can have 10 or 15 or 20 years to do whatever you want, thinking I have to do something to give myself rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I've never met an old person who who wished they made more money. When you talk about what do you wish, they wish they spent more time with people that matter. They wish they rested a little more. They wish they slowed down a little more. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. My wife and I have talked about this at different times. Sometimes we spent. I don't mean just her and I, but people. We spend so much energy trying to manufacture circumstances that we think will feel peaceful. Instead of realizing the Good Shepherd is the one who lays us down in green pastures, leads us beside still waters, and he restores our soul. You want to have life, abundant life? Follow the Good Shepherd. It's not enough to just be saved, get your ticket to heaven, and then live your life however you want because it's not going to be a happy, peaceful life. Follow the Good Shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Do you hear this? It's all about the Good Shepherd. Some, some people, the really good Christians, they fret and worry about how they're not righteous or sanctified enough. This tells me that He's the one who leads us in paths of righteousness and it's not for our own reputation, it's for His name's sake. Again, He does it for Himself. So relax. To myself, relax. To you, relax. Get a little more comfortable being a sheep. You'll be happier. And I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm trying. But here's something I know. Our shepherd is good and wise and he knows what's best. And we can follow him. He knows where the green pasture is. He knows when he wants us to lie down. He knows when we need to eat. He knows when we need to migrate to another pasture. He knows all of it. He knows where the still waters are. And he knows how to restore our soul. He knows how to lead us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Listen to this part. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me, Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. The valley of the shadow of death. Some of us have felt like we've walked through periods like that. He's still there. However dark the dark night of the soul may be, He's still there. Whatever pain we go through, whatever loss, whatever, He's still there. And he turns it into praise in time. Only he can do that. This is noteworthy, brothers and sisters. I I, I mentioned this actually in a lot of the messages, but particularly a couple weeks ago. God doesn't exempt us from walking through dark, shadowy valleys. Because that's part of life. When you become a Christian, he doesn't say your whole life's going to be easy. Because then you wouldn't know what it's like to be somebody else. You wouldn't have compassion on them. Maybe you wouldn't pray for them or even care about them. He lets us go through dark valleys and shadows and pain and and hurt and doubt. But his rod and his staff are there with us to comfort us. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. (laughs) We think God should just take all our enemies away. You ever tried to eat in a in a fight or flight circumstance? If you're to eat when you're when you're afraid, right in the middle, like somebody might kill me right now, and I'm going to eat. I don't think I've tried to eat when my life was being threatened, but I've tried to eat when I felt stressed in that same way. It doesn't feel good. And what David recognized, he was not only a shepherd but a man of war. He said, God can give you so much peace that you can sit down and enjoy a meal in the presence of all of the turmoil and it won't even bother you. I know combat veterans who, they've eaten like that. Right in the middle of it. Bombs going off, bullets flying. It's like it's not even peace. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That Back to the message I preached recently, that's the end. We, we know, we're going to go to the house of the Lord forever. So whatever this life has, whatever problems, whatever valleys, it's not that big of a deal. And He'll help us. I want to read one more scripture, and I think I'll be about finished today. You know the passage, uh, it's the Lord that made us... And not we ourselves, we're his people and the sheep of his pasture. We know that verse. But listen to the rest of... It's Psalm 100. I want you to see the context of it. I didn't realize that until today. And if you recognize... Here's, here's what I want want us to get with this you recognize that God is the good shepherd that we're his sheep that he has a purpose for our lives a purpose that includes giving us peace in the midst of turmoil no matter the circumstances providing meals for us spreading a table before us letting our cup run over in the middle of life circumstances this is how the psalmist responded knowing that make a joyful noise unto the Lord all you lands serve the Lord with gladness Come before His presence with singing. Can can I pause here and say, we're not trying to put on something here, but I'm thankful to be in a Baptist church who sometimes claps and sometimes makes a joyful noise to the Lord. Too many of us have too much... We got used to just sitting there with a scowl on our face like, come see how happy we are about God. Good message today, brother. I mean... It doesn't even make sense. It's okay to make a joyful... And I'm not trying to generate something, but it's okay. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that made us and not we ourselves. We're His people and the sheep of His pasture. He made us, not not we ourselves. We're His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. If we could latch on to this truth that He says, I am the good shepherd. That's how, when we really get it, that's how we'll respond. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Our lives will be an outpouring of recognizing, I have not only a good shepherd, not only a shepherd, I have the good shepherd letting me know what I should do, where I should go. And I don't mean he's going to tell you every step. He doesn't say, go eat that blade of grass. He nudges you into the field you need to be in. He lets you graze. He watches you until you need to go somewhere else and then nudges you to the next place. Sometimes he might send a little sheepdog to nip at your heels because you're not listening. That's okay. But it's not like, go eat that piece of grass, go eat that piece of grass, go eat that piece of grass. You understand what I'm saying? Peace. We can have peace. Like We can actually have peace in our lives if we recognize who he is and what he wants to do for us. And we have to be okay with following someone else. He says, I come in and out, the sheep come in and out, I give them pasture. Isn't that beautiful? That's all I have this morning. That he's the good shepherd. Let's get a song, and, and well, I don't know, whatever song you, you may have, Jody, and let's sing together as we think about what he's done for us and what he offers.